Hello, church. Welcome to the FUMC Borough Podcast. I'm Ben Shaw, the Director of Modern Worship and Media. I am so glad that you have joined us this week, and I do want to share some exciting news with you. We will begin to phase back in our Sunday school and small group hour into our Sunday morning schedule beginning this Sunday, October 11th. So, our Sunday morning schedule will be as follows. Our modern worship service will meet at 8.30 a.m. in the Family Life Center, as well as online. At 9.30 a.m., we will have Sunday school for children, youth, and adults. Our traditional worship service is now at 10.30 a.m., both in the sanctuary and online. If you participate in an adult class, make sure to check with your leader to see if your group will be meeting. We have several groups that will remain online only for another few weeks before returning in person. We are asking everyone to pre-register for the services, so help us out by heading on over to our website, fumcm.org slash register to do that before Sunday. We are so glad that you have chosen to be in ministry with us here at First United Methodist Church of Murfreesboro, Tennessee, and we pray that we can all live into our mission of growing disciples of Jesus Christ who know Him, love Him, and serve Him for the transformation of Murfreesboro and the world. Now, here is our senior pastor, Reverend Drew Shelley, as he continues our sermon series called Relearning Balance, Sabbath in the Age of Always Tired. Hello, church. It's so good to be back with you. Shannon, Annabelle, baby TJ, and I are grateful for your love and prayers these last few weeks, which have been quite intense in the Shelley house. I do have a few pictures to share with you. TJ arrived at 1130 Friday morning by C-section after trying to get him out the old-fashioned way. He was nine pounds and 21 inches long. Our care team was excellent from start to finish, and most of our doctors were actually First Methodist people. We made it home Sunday in time for dinner and have been adjusting ever since. About midnight Sunday, we had uh, baby TJ crying in our bedroom, Annabelle crying in the baby monitor, Shannon crying, trying to nurse, and I was crying, just trying to get into bed. <laughs> it was a long night. I want to thank our preachers for all their help getting our Sabbath series started. This is important work for faithful Christians. It is often neglected work. We've talked about so far Sabbath as resistance to our tendency toward idolatry. We've talked about Sabbath as resistance to anxiety, as a resilience building exercise. It is a lot more than just an optional day of rest uh, and to watch football. This series emerged from a book which challenged me deeply a few years ago. It's called Sabbath as Resistance, Saying No to the Culture of Now. It's by Walter Brueggemann. It's a hard read, not because it's dense, but because it exposes some real sin in the life of modern-day Christianity. In the place where our faith in God meets our day-to-day -day lives, we often think too little about which culture we are actually embracing. I have a hard time with it, and I think many other disciples of Jesus do too. There's a reason why remember the Sabbath and keep it holy made it onto those stone tablets so long ago. Let's pray together before we read our text for today. 
Oh God, we give you thanks for the gift of life, for the gift of Sabbath, and for your word, which calls us back to this ancient practice that means so much, maybe even more now than it ever has. Send your Holy Spirit to open our hearts and minds to what you say to us today. We are gathered together in many different places so that we may hear from you. Let it be so. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Our text is from Deuteronomy chapter 5, the 12th through the 14th verses. I think you'll recognize some familiar words. Observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy as the Lord your God commanded you. Six days shall you labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. You shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter or your male or female slave or your ox or your donkey or any of your livestock or the resident alien in your towns so that your male and female slave may rest as well as you. Remember that you were a slave in the land of Egypt, and the Lord your God brought you out from there with a mighty hand and an outstretched arm. Therefore, the Lord your God commanded you to keep the Sabbath day. This is the word of God for the people of God, and so we say, thanks be to God. I'll have to confess to y'all, I, I had a little moment Sunday when we were preparing to leave the hospital with baby TJ. That stands for Tucker Joe, in case you're wondering. I was making several trips to the van with all the stuff that you get when you have a baby, everything but the instruction manual. I was thinking through the changes of routine, how to bring Annabelle into the mix, what Shannon would need, when I could get back to the office, what six weeks of Shannon not working would do to our family budget, how much baby formula we'd need if, if mama's free stuff didn't do right. I looked up from my hurricane of anxiety and, and saw a, a couple about our age carrying two babies out Dad had a car seat on each arm. Mom was walking along behind. They were elated. Dad was grinning from ear to ear. Mom refused a wheelchair, said she was in a hurry to get home. I rode the elevator down with them and their third and fourth children. They chattered joyfully about miracles and how she would have to stay home from work to keep all these babies and how he would just figure it out, maybe a little overtime here and there, and maybe catch a few more fish and shoot a few more deer and get a bigger deep freeze. I listened to all of that, and at first I thought, maybe they just didn't know enough to realize how worried they ought to have been. Then I realized a painful truth about myself. They were enjoying life. I was not. There should be no more exciting moment than carrying that baby home for the first time. And there I was, caught up in the dollars and cents and the weekly production schedule and, and how much I need to start putting away so we can send little TJ to Tennessee Tech or MTSU. It is growing on me, y'all. I think he might like to go there. Your preacher had to stop and pray for a transformation of heart and mind. It is that transformation that is at the very heart of the Sabbath commandment. That's why we're talking so much about it. The Sabbath is not the pause that refreshes. It is the pause that transforms. 
Too often we think about Sabbath as a time to renew, to recuperate, to refuel so that we can return to the front lines. But that's not Sabbath. Sabbath is one full day a week, one-seventh of our time given to God's work of transforming us into the people we've been created to be. Each Sabbath brings change so that we can return to God's real work, not to this endless toil and striving and worry that we think is the real work. In Sabbath, our relationship with the world around us is framed and reframed against a, a backdrop of God's gracious provision for life and security and wholeness given to the whole world as a gift in Jesus. In Sabbath, we are invited to stop trying to earn that which God has given as a gift. We are invited to relax into God's grace, and we are set free from the tremendous pressure of a culture that expects nothing but work, work, and more work so that we can prove how valuable we are. Uh, some may say, well, now, preacher, that's beautiful, but how does it work? You can't even get it right yourself. That's right. I am still learning. I'm learning that the biblical commandment of Sabbath, to which we are still called, turns on a very important understanding of how the world God is building in Jesus actually works in the here and now. Our reading from Deuteronomy is actually the second giving of the commandments. You remember the first. Andy talked about that a few weeks ago. Moses was gone just a little bit too long. The people who had just been rescued from slavery in Egypt, why, they lost their minds. They forgot the deep faithfulness of God, and they went ahead and made a golden calf to worship instead of this God who tarried too long with Moses. Moses was enraged when he came down the mountain. He broke those tablets and nullified the, the precious covenant of love which God had offered for a moment. The people of God were hopeless. Moses' heart was broken. Ultimately, he begged God for a second chance on behalf of the people, and God granted this incredible act of forgiveness that we often forget. The commandments are then issued again, this time with a slightly different focus, one which connects very directly Sabbath with rest from work and freedom from anxiety about life. Moses had his own worries, specifically that the coming prosperity of the people of God would breed amnesia. Prosperity often breeds amnesia. In the promised land, he worried, the people would get richer and richer and forget God's gracious provision and God's mighty deliverance. We all know what happens when we forget about God's grace at work in our lives. We suddenly have all the answers. We feel like self-made people and we become filled with anxiety about providing for ourselves and our people and proving our worth. We forget that God is the source of our very being. The Sabbath command was actually God's answer to a very serious economic problem. God's economy and the economy of Egypt were very different 
they are still very different. The people of God spent many long years learning the economics of Egypt. People were to be producers and consumers. Property was held with a closed fist to be bought and sold and traded for the benefit of the owner. If the promised land then is possession, then the proper way of life is to get more, no matter what it costs or who it hurts. The one with the most at the end is the winner, the most powerful, the most important. The only way to get more is to work harder, be more, do more. Any moment of rest or reflection or justice or even kindness threatens to undermine that whole economy. On the other hand, in God's kingdom, the promised land is a birthright, an inheritance, a gift from God the Father. Now, if that property is an inheritance, a gift, then the proper way of life is to enhance the neighborhood so that all of God's family may enjoy the good fruit of God's promised land. On the Sabbath, we remember the key to the whole thing that all of us are God's children. All of us are equally loved, equally saved, have equal value, equal access to God, and exactly equal share in God's covenant and an equal need for this soul-stirring rest that is Sabbath most of all. We remember at Sabbath that in God's economy, we are all in this together. Sabbath, you see, is the pause that transforms us, giving us eyes to see a way of life to be lived now, where all people are our neighbors, where we can feel free to live life with an open hand, not a closed fist, where we can remember our unity with one another, that not a one of us has anything to prove to God or, quite frankly, to each other. Those most crucial commodities we need to survive and flourish, the ones we are secretly trying to earn with all our work, a sense of worth, love, security, real life, and wholeness. Why? Those things can't be bought or sold. They are given as a gift, and they are meant to be shared with an open hand. The way we live, the way we live our lives, changes dramatically when we remember that good news. Truth be told, we are not too far removed from those Israelites looking for the promised land. We keep trying to make the economy of Egypt work in the kingdom of God, and it just never will. It doesn't fit. God's economy is far too big and so much better. Sabbath, a whole day a week, helps us to remember that God has set us free from Egypt once and for all, that we don't have to live that way anymore, and that God wants to use us to set the whole world free from all that nonsense. It's a fine thing to remember on this World Communion Sunday. Those who have ears to hear, let them hear. Thanks be to God. Amen. Thank you for joining us this week. If you would like more information about how to get involved here at FUMC, you can find us online at fumcm.org or by searching FUMC Borough on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. Have a great week.